0: Hello and welcome to Scopy Radio. My name is Dale Johansson.
1: And I'm Maureen Smith, and today we are joined by Jennifer Larson.
0: How are you doing today?
1: I'm great. How are you guys? Good. Pretty good. Good.
0: Yeah, we've been chatting some, so we learned about you through your band, Beastie. But then we've been sitting down and talking, and you are, like, prolific as fuck. <laughs> So, like, I don't entirely know. Like, you came in and
1: you're like, this is my, this is my newspaper. I just consulted about my card game. There's a lot to talk about.
0: Yeah. Um, so, let's start with, uh, how, how how long have you lived in Chicago?
2: Um, I have lived here since I was 18. So, actually, Mm -hmm. it has been 15, oh my gosh, can I add 15 years now? Nice.
1: Nice. Yeah
0: cool and um
1: i was just having this conversation with someone recently that a lot of the a lot of the makers in chicago you'll ask them like oh how long have you been in chicago and they'll be like oh i got here in 2013 or oh i got here but like it's it's i think it's kind of rare to find someone who's been here for 15 years and hasn't left Mm. and what so like at the at the risk of sounding like I don't know. I'm, I'm curious. I The question that I've been asking people recently is, like, what brought you to Chicago and what's keeping you in Chicago? So what's keeping you in Chicago? I
2: feel so called out right now.
1: No, I'm not. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not trying to call you out. I'm, not, I'm just, like, I'm so curious because so many people, so many people, like, kind of, like, come and go. Like, I feel I like it's very much a stepping stone city. And so I'm always, like curious and impressed and amazed by people who stick it out
2: i i completely agree with that and you know there's part of me that sees that trend and i've i've noticed it since i've been here and i always i would say this um when i started doing creative stuff here um when i was younger was that people come to chicago to cut their teeth to like you know gain some grit and like in their art whatever their uh, medium is and then bounce Mm -hmm. go somewhere else either if they want to go to new york Or LA or if they just want to make art off the grid or like whatever it is that they want to do and I noticed that trend when I was younger and I assumed I was a part of that trend in some way but I never really had an itch to I mean I've had an itch to leave but I haven't ever had anywhere in particular i wanted to go Mm -hmm. um I actually almost moved out of Chicago this summer
1: Oh,
2: wow. just like kind of like like it was gonna be one of those things where like ripping off the band-aid though. Mm-hmm. It was gonna be like I was gonna pick up all my stuff, move to Denver. I was gonna get rid of half my stuff, move to Denver, and just try to, you know, have some new energy or something something like that. Um, and then I, I feel like I was called back, which I think I think that that's what keeps happening to me in Chicago is that I get called back for some reason. Um this time it was a job that um, I've wanted for a really long time and uh yeah in so that that's one of the reasons I've stayed um I always seem to have a collaborative project that I'm working on and I have a reason to stay but when that all kind of fell apart for me a few years ago and there was a part of me that was like is that mm-hmm. is that a sign that I need to that I should be moving on so I've asked myself that question a few times too and um there's something there's some there's something that is keeping me here that is pulling me here and i'm not completely sure what it is either so
1: well because where are you where are you
2: from originally i'm from michigan so this is also you know the big the big city in a way yeah um, for the midwest
1: because i you know i i'm of the i'm of the crop that i got here in 2015 but i'm i'm from milwaukee and so like and most of my family is from here so like my, like, my nuclear family, we, I grew up in Milwaukee, but all of my, like, uncles and cousins were in Chicago, so we were down here all the time. And so, like, there is that thrall, like, when you are from kind of, like, the surrounding area of Chicago, of, yeah. like, I've got to get to Chicago, and I've got to, like, I'm going to, it's going to be a game changer for me, and it's going to be, like, it's finally going to be me in the big city, and then you get here, and you're like, oh, no, it's just, like, the same shit. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah it is it, it's just like in a condensed space but with more weirdos mm. I think that that's one of the perks is that you know we're we're surrounded by um, politically left people mm-hmm. and just you know like queer individuals and artists and I think that that um, in a lot of ways is sort of a calling to a big city yeah you know mm-hmm. when you're especially when you're from a small town or you're from a suburb or something where right. you just feel like a f- total freak
0: well <laughs> yeah. yeah and I you know I find it fascinating too like that you know I think a thing that we talk about a lot is kind of like the pull of the coasts you know I think that for a lot of people making stuff here um, that that kind of thing is to feel like you have to move to New York or move to LA to like make an income or like to be able to sustain your art but I, I'm always I always love this conversation that you bring up Mo of like what's keeping you here because I think that The more we kind of latch onto those things the more that we we can like you know i don't want to say like put chicago on the map because i don't i don't really i don't know that feels so slimy or something i don't know what i mean by this but what i what i do know is that i think that the people that work and make art here are doing like unique groundbreaking work that is important um and I and I, I just feel like the more we highlight that the more that um, I, I don't know it's just this whole thing of like and and I, I, I the reason why I'm bringing all this up with you is like clearly um, your work is so uh, interested in covering that that kind of like fringe space kind of like like radical space um, but you know I the it's just it's just interesting to me all of this like exactly what you're saying like people that that are notable in Chicago and that stay in Chicago like they're politically more left like all these things and but also like Chicago is like constantly under call for like it, it feels like it's like being privatized every day and like it's it has been affordable for a long time but it's starting to be less affordable it's like the basically where i'm getting at is just like this balance of of all that for you is that something that comes into play in your work like and and what do you think about it
2: um i heard a lot of things there so uh that's a
0: very frequent thing
2: (laughs) that's okay um for me i i think that so i think one of the first things that i wanted to respond to was just this idea that there are so many people in chicago making really really interesting art and it maybe is not necessarily as seen as um people that are on the coast making it um and that's always been something that like i've been in like i've i've noticed Mm -hmm. and i like like i i always thought of as a stepping stone city, like people come here and they study comedy or they study writing or they're in like these bands and like all this stuff. And then they're like, we're popular now. Or like we, um, we're, you know, we want to make it now. So we like go, or like we want to make money. So we go to New York, we go to LA to do that kind of stuff. Um, but the more that we stay here and do that, the more likely it is that we're going to be able to make that happen in Chicago. Yeah. Um, so, so that is one thing that I think that is like, you know, that, is is really good about staying and encouraging people to stay in in a lot of ways. I know I just said, I almost picked up and left and like, (laughs) you know, I was like not going to go to a city where like a lot of this, like, like same creative vibe is happening. I was going to go somewhere to like be alone.
1: Yeah. You know, like
2: literally just be like, I'm alone, you know, and you know, I have friends and family there, but like not necessarily looking, looking to have the same type of vibe.
1: You'd be leaving your network. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah, that's what I was... I mean, that's what I was considering doing is, is, is doing that just to get, like, peace or something like that, like...
1: I will say that there is something really appealing about being, like, yeah, like, how rad would it be if I could just, like, pick up and just, like...
2: Live in the change mountains. my name. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> delete my Facebook. Yeah. Just get that out was, of here. That was my thinking.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I, well, I also, like, wonder... And this is not coming from a place of, like, uh, of saying something about what, what I'm hearing about your experience, but, like, a lot of the experiences I end up having, like, I'll work on a project for a while, and then it just gets exhausting. Yeah. There's just something really powerful about, like, the, the idea of of having, of doing that, of, like, kind of taking care of yourself in that way. I don't, why? Sorry.
1: No, I'm just, like, like, Chicago is just, like, a city of thrall. Like, there's a thrall to come here, and then you, there's just, like, a thrall to get the hell out of here i don't know that just occurred to me i was laughing at me at my own cleverness What? well i
0: <laughs> i think like all of this i don't know why we've launched into this level of it but like i think all of this is to say that i really want to see a space where like that that more people that i meet don't feel that way you know like one of the things that so let's, I, let, I have a transition too, finally. Um, uh, <laughs> one of the things that uh, that you do is you publish a newspaper.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And, you know, I think this is really, we've we've had a couple other like media outlets on the show. Um, and something that I find, uh, that I've found to be true up until recently is that it can be uh, like competitive in a way that isn't necessary. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yes. yeah. And I, I think,
2: it's it's goofy. It's like high school. It's like yeah. it's like it's like if high school was like all like instead of like jocks and then the you know like the gaming kids and then the cheer or whatever mm-hmm. little groups are in high school. It's like they're all just like different tribes that run like DIY spaces mm-hmm. or like bands that are weirdly weird yeah. you know. And I, I think that for me, and I'm not, I'm not I don't want to say I'm above it because I've gotten caught up in that too because yeah. I've. Because I've been, I I remember like at first being like, what is going on? Why do people do this? And then just like slowly getting sucked into it and then being like, what is wrong with me? Like, why do I, like, why am I feeling competitive with anybody? Mm -hmm. Or like, why am I feeding into somebody else feeling competitive with me and like getting upset about it? Like, why am I wasting my energy doing that? And I think in certain ways it's like, I want to better my work. I want to make sure my work is, is great. And I also, I, I think that I'll get competitive because I'm, like, I'm getting competitive to not get competitive. I'm, like, I'm, like, we need to not be competitive. And that's, like, what I'm... That's, like, my fight. Yeah. Or something. And it, like... And then I'm just, like, this doesn't make any sense. I'm going to go live in, a, like, a motorhome.
0: <laughs> well, and I... I Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I I'm very deeply relating to you right now. And what I want to say too is like the thing that's that's interesting to me is like I don't think there's anything wrong inherently with competition, but I also think that like it's at a certain point like there's like I'm interested in introducing to the conversation a level of objectivity of like like I don't really know anybody that's working on our level that's like made it, you know? Like I like I think we can all like that's that's one of the things for me is like I think that all of us need to work together to to what
1: the way i I don't know i think that the the way i feel about competition you know working at quote unquote our level is like i think that if one of us i'm just like throwing air quotes one of us quote succeeds then i think all of us succeed
0: absolutely and you know and it like to watch kind of major institutions just fuck it up you know, like that whole New York Times op-ed that's going around right now. That like the dude they like the New York Times published a like op-ed about like we just literally talked about this on Sunday. anyway, born. yeah. But my point being here is that like to watch things that are like so intensely funded, and you know, even in Chicago, right? Like there are major outlets that are so intensely funded that like people are making like salaries and and you know, just, like I think journalism as a whole is underfunded, but. Yeah. I'm not really asking well, a question. You know,
2: well, I want to, like, go, go back a second because the idea of making it to me is, like, this whole concept that has evolved so much for me in the last 15 years, especially sure, yeah. here. Um, and I think that we sort of... I don't Like, we, we like, put pressure on ourselves to succeed or to make it by saying, like, we are making money making art or whatever it is. But I, I think that what's changed for me in the last... At least five to seven years is like the idea that like I'm successful or I'm making it because I'm making what I want and it's making me happy it's like making Mm -hmm. me happy to create what it is that I'm creating I mean I also you know happen to have um, I'm a teacher and I have had really bad years and that's you know that's I'm working in CPS so I've like had some like struggles with that and then being like okay I can't do this anymore blah blah but like at the same time it's like I am able to like pay my bills You know what I mean? And like still do this stuff. I mean, like you asked, what is it that I don't do earlier? It's like I don't sleep that much or like whatever it is. It's like I do put a lot of time into doing this stuff. But the fact that I'm making it, I'm creating it, and I'm happy about it for me is making it. And I thought about this like if I'm making a bunch, I was like, if I'm making a bunch of money doing this, like I'm not a different person. I'm just someone with more money and like more people are like, Like bothering me or something, you know what I mean? Like that would be like Mm -hmm. what that would be like to be like famous or something like that. I feel like I don't know that fame is necessarily like the end goal, and like I think the idea of being famous like kind of makes me queasy.
0: Yeah, like I
2: wouldn't even. I wouldn't. I don't know what. I mean. I think some people maybe want to be famous, but it's like I don't know that. I don't know. I don't know what the idea of making. I guess my question is like I don't know what making it is necessarily.
1: I guess I don't know either. I think that, like, when I think of my idea of making it, I think that my idea of making it is not worrying as much. Yeah. And not, like, agonizing of, like, is what I'm doing being appreciated?
2: Right. I was just thinking about the summer when I was, like, taking a walk, um, Oscar. Oscars,
1: Oscars, doing a thing (laughs) anyway
0: there are cats in the apartment just
1: wanted to acknowledge that continue (laughs) i've struggled with
2: that um in certain ways like there's this part of me that like wants to be like appreciated and like respected by my peers but at the same time i know that sometimes like people are just going to ignore what i'm doing or like people are gonna like have a problem with what i'm doing or they're gonna have a problem with me or like whatever it is and I, I think that the less that I worry about that and the more that I'm focused on what it is I'm creating, what my end goals are, um, the happier that I am. So that's been a, that's been a struggle for me. I think like for a while and like, just like not worrying about like any of that stuff, like not worrying about like what outside, Mm -hmm. you know, like sources think about me, you know, weirdly enough here, I'm getting like validated by you guys on a podcast You know what I mean? But it's, you know, you know, so I have, like, the space to say that right now. But it's, like, I've thought about that in, like, so many ways. And the only time I felt unsuccessful is when I was unhappy or when I was worrying or, like, stressing out about stuff instead of, like, having fun doing it. Well, and I –
0: absolutely. And I I don't want to – I don't want – I hope that – um. That because I do ask this question a lot, so I'm not specifically talking about this moment, but I, I know that generally I, I I frame this question this way not because I think that like I think that people should be getting rich off of it, but I think that 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 struggle that question of like you know that I think that thought of like what is making it like at least to to me I I, like, I it's hard to verbalize the idea of like not necessarily like being famous but. Like I just feel like there are so many underpaid artists. There are yeah. so many artists yeah. that are struggling. Yeah. There are so many artists that are that are insecure. That like yeah. don't have that, you know. And and I think I think you know I think it's it's a thing that to struggle. I think that a lot of artists struggle, and sometimes struggling makes the best art. And yada yada yada, cliche cliche. But I also think that like, not that I, I don't know. I, not that like people shouldn't have to struggle, but I I think that. Uh, there's a
2: artists should get paid for their work absolutely yeah, yeah absolutely. No, I, yeah, I, I yeah, think yeah. that that is actually what like the, the you know like that is the problem and that's kind of like why we all sort of feel this way is like that you know people are creating a lot of really great stuff at their own expense
0: yeah you know mm-hmm.
2: it's like you. it's like even just to like be in a band like even just being like punk band or like even to make zines like you're spending money to do that and so you actually have to have capital in order to do that kind of stuff in
1: mm-hmm. order to just not lose money,
2: right? Like to have a guitar or to like be able to get to your gig, mm-hmm. and you know, like people don't really talk about that kind of stuff. Like yeah. you literally like have to have money, like just to like, like, I mean, exist. You know, like. Well, so
0: let me let me also kind of transition into something that I definitely wanted to ask you about, which is um, one of the things that we kind of learned about your work is is Beastie, and um, we love the music video is really fun the the one that y'all released and and also like y'all like this is a weird thing to tell somebody but like it it's like viewed well do you know what i mean by this like it's like there are a lot of people that struggle on these platforms to like have like what i'm saying is is like because it's not i'm not saying like oh you've succeeded but like there. like i always think of like with youtube especially like it's so coastal catered to make an income from youtube advertising so that like the idea of like you have to have a thousand subscribers on youtube before you but like the market like a local market does not subs- i don't know what I mean like a market like a like a front what i'm saying is is like people that are well known in chicago will never be able to succeed on that model because like If you're talking about $10 per thousand people, that's not what people that are interested in following Dope Art here, that's not the numbers you're going to get. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that, like, what you've made is not fucking cool. So at least, so first off, let me just say, what you've made is fucking cool. (laughs) Thank you. Which,
2: uh, there's actually two videos. Did you see the Can't Wait one that was on the spaceship? Yes. Okay.
0: Yes. Well, that's the, I I thought that was really, it was just clever.
2: There's a new one that, like, I feel like no one has seen for some reason. I feel like none of us, like promoted it or something. Like, I don't know what happened but I looked and I was like we only had like three hundred views and I was like this I was like I love this video. I don't know why no one's watched it. But that's the
0: thing with <laughs> like that's the thing that's that is with YouTube, it's weird, because, like, you put it, and then, like, it, YouTube so catered its algorithm to kind of, like, major yeah. million-view content, Yeah, like, it's not, yeah. it, it's almost, like, not what it was even ten years ago. It,
2: it probably has something to do with the people who made the first video make tons of music videos, and so mm. people just go through their reel. Right. It probably oh. has a lot to do with that, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, a friend of ours made another music video for us, and it's, like, the sequel. Cool. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so... Yeah, it gets a... I mean, the the beginning's a little extra long, but it, it was just... They were both just really fun to make, and... Yeah. I don't know. I had so much fun, like, being a part of that.
0: Yeah. And I also saw that y'all have your, um, most recent album on YouTube, like, the full album. Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah.
2: I... I just try to put it, at, like, as yeah. many places as possible. So, h- how did Beastie start? Um, actually, weirdly enough, it was, like, an electronic project I was just, like, doing in my bedroom, um... I had another band called Swimsuit Edition, and I was just like working on a bunch of songs that like didn't really necessarily fit. And I made a whole electronic album by myself. Um, it was the first album I'd ever recorded by myself. I like recorded drums on it and like everything, and I was so proud of it. And then when Swimsuit Edition broke up, I was like, "Oh, now I want to make this like a live band." And then it just turned into like a rock and roll band. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so. That, you know, so I've, like, I feel like sometimes when, like, weird things happen in, like, the trajectory of something like that, I just try to, like, write it into the story, you know, in some way. And just, like, make it part of, like, the, you know, weird, like, a weird little f- fictional... The lore. Yeah, the lore of the band. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's how, that's how that started.
0: Cool.
1: Awesome. Well, and you mentioned, like, before we were, before we started, you were, you were talking about how, like all of your work kind of centers around fiction. Yeah. So is the, is the, the fictional aspect of Beastie just kind of the lore surrounding it? Or does that, or does it filter into the kind of music that you write as well? Um, you know,
2: it's, it's just the, I would say it's just like, it's not really the music. The music is kind of just like in and of itself, just kind of like emotional, like, you know, whatever, whatever it is. Um, sometimes it's emotional sometimes it's like just like a little bit like rock and roll or whatever like attitude-y mm-hmm. um but yeah it, the story really doesn't have anything to do with the music itself you know so i think that the story is just kind of like this ridiculous element that you know i just want to well play what around you, with
0: what do you feel like draws you to storytelling
2: um i came to chicago to to be a writer um I had two favorite writers when I was in high school, Sandra Cisneros and Stuart Dybeck. They both were from Chicago and they both wrote about their childhoods. And I had some creative writing teachers that saw like in my writing, because I would write about my childhood a lot. And they were like, you should read these authors. And they both independently gave me their books. And I was obsessed. And um, I came here, I went to Loyola and went through the creative writing program and I was going to write my first novel by the time I was 21 and that was going to be that and just you know that hasn't that's fractaled off into a million different projects now so that's really what's happened is like it's me and then it's like fractaled off into like characters like almost like someone is looking at this from the outside like Jen are you okay like do you need (laughs) do you like do you need help you know I think that I've, I've had some people like honestly think that I was like going crazy and maybe I have been but and at the same time, it's, like, me kind of discovering these fictional worlds, like, through my own, you know, like, process. <laughs> but also, like,
0: looking at your work, it seems like in, in each fractal, you've committed to a format. Yeah. Which I find fascinating. And I also wonder, the, that is, as a person that, like, re- frequently just randomly makes a weird thing, like, like, window cats or something. You know what I mean? Where it's, like, you, that moment of being, like... Okay, I need to make something. Like I need to like when you I, that's something that I I'd, I'd be interested in trying to like can you quantify that? Do you know what I mean by this? Like can you quantify what at what point you like maybe have an idea or something and you go like this I oh wait, no, I know the format that this could be. I need to now make this. Like
2: Yeah, it's it's weird actually. Um one of the, what you're saying you're saying something earlier about how like you'll get exhausted, you'll start a project, you will get exhausted by it. Um one of the ways I handle that is by starting a thousand projects. <laughs> Yeah. So <laughs> when I'm really sick of one of them, I can work on the other one. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so like, I'll stop doing something for like a really long time and just like go like, or like I like some night, like I'll go through like little periods of time where I'm just like not doing anything. And I'll just be like, when I'm ready, I used to try to force it a little bit. And I think that now that I don't, and when I just do it, when I feel like pulled mm-hmm. to it, the work comes out better. Mm-hmm. So I like, will just like be like, this is what I want to work on right now. And, um, that's just kind of how... That's just kind of, like, how it's, like, happened for me. Um, I think the newspaper was the thing that is tying it together right now. The the website that I have, um, Disappearing Media, um, is the thing that, like, ties it all together. Um, I don't, like, really put my band stuff on Disappearing Media, which is... I don't know. I just... I haven't really found it necessary to do that mm. um, as, of, as of right now. Because um, I'm not I'm trying to make it... I'm not trying to make it totally self-promotion. Right. Like, I'm trying to make it, like, a... a like a community or like a you know like a, a a universe in in a certain way but the thing the work that I do put on that's mine is like I write a blog called punk at respect where I'm like paying homage to um female fronted punk bands from the 70s and 80s which has been really fun to research um I have my cartoon I have a comic strip called emo girls that I do and I have like another one that I, like, kind of don't... I, like, haven't really posted many things from it, but it's called, like, Glassrooms, and it's, like, Chronicles of, like, being a teacher, or, like... Um, and then, yeah, I just... I have some, like, collages that I do, but I, like... What I do is I fractal them off, and I make them separate things so that they... Um, even if there's just one thing, it's, like... Well, if I have another thing that belongs in that category... It's, like, I'm, like, mm-hmm. categorizing things.
0: Yeah. You know, sort of. But I also think there's a, there's a certain degree of, like, confidence that is needed to do that. Like, because in every way in every piece of this that you're talking about and like looking at your work like it takes a different skill set like, and you and and I wonder if that like is, does that play into kind of tapping into the different pseudonyms and different
2: yeah i think I think so in a certain way like I don't feel like I'm a master of any of these like yeah. mediums by any means like not even close like I think I draw like a ten year old but that's you know part of the style of what I'm yeah like, you know what I'm working on so it's like I'm not, I, I I don't, I, I. you know, I'm, I am haven't mastered anything. I don't, I don't consider myself to have done that. Um, I'm not necessarily seeking that out. I'm just, you know, when I was younger, I felt like it was always like, I want to, I want to be great at everything. And it's like, you know what? I want to like be me at everything. Yeah. You know, and I think that that's more, I think that's more like.
0: Well, and I also find that we have more people making in that way, where like there is so much kind of like polyglot kind of ex- experience happening right now, and I think that, I think that, um, you know, I, I I find that fascinating because I think that for whatever reason, so like I was, I don't know if we said this on this episode, but obviously it was probably said in other episodes. Maria and I come from opera, and I remember at the time when I was in school, it was weird for other people, and especially like academics and shit like that I also was like studying journalism or something like that where it's like oh why aren't you focusing on one thing that's
2: so weird to me it seems to make so much sense to me to be to focus on two things I think it makes you so much better at what Mm -hmm. you're doing to have to be well-rounded
1: no I had my 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 voice teacher in undergrad because I so I studied I took voice lessons starting from when I was 12 but I also grew up in my dad's bluegrass band and so like I, I came from two worlds and um my freshman year of college, my teacher told me, she was like, when you're studying with me, you you can only sing opera. Like, you cannot sing your other stuff. And I was like, <laughs> like, that made no sense to me because my entire life I had sung both. I had been able to do mm-hmm. both. Yeah. And then here was this person in this, like, very stodgy, like, very, like, urgh, institution being like, no, like, when you're working with me, you can only do this. Mm-hmm. What's
2: interesting about that that is, like, even though it, it is like frustrating or it seems like really annoying, it's like maybe it's good for you in a certain way. Because I feel like the, like when I work with certain people, to like, give a limitation, or like working in like in poetry or something, you work in form, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, I hate that I have to do this. But then, it, like, when you finally break free from it, then you just feel like so much more, like. Well,
0: and and this is like one something you were saying before, kind of like latched onto me to this is that what it seems to me like for you is that you recognize the separation is an important piece to it. Like where, like you were saying that you don't really cover one thing on the other. And, and, um, but I'm, I'm kind of curious for you. Like, is that, uh, that separation, is it important to the, to the piece of it informing each other?
2: Um, yeah, I think so. I think that when you do one thing, like with the bluegrass and with the opera or you said opera, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Like I like for that, like example, like I think it makes you better Mm -hmm. you know at like to be able to like if you know if you focus on one it makes you better at the other in some way yeah um
1: oh for sure i mean like what's cool about opera is that it like when you study opera you get like the the whole like you you learn how to sing healthily no matter how you're singing yeah and so like yeah, it made my bluegrass singing better, but like rebellious eighteen-year-old yeah. Maureen was like, "Fuck this! Yeah, like, for sure. Yeah. I want to sing. I want like I just want to sing Jolene over and over yeah. again."
2: Well, it's like having a coach that's just like, "Like, all right, ten more laps," and you're just yeah. like, "No," you know, like, yeah. To compare it to a physical activity, you right? Know? Yeah, it's like yeah. just someone that's just like, "All right, you have to lift this weight in ten
1: reps," mm-hmm. and I, I, yeah. I sort of see it that way. Yeah. No, it was just it's kind of like. I th- I think like I I understand like as now a like fully formed adult that like in the long run it was definitely good for me but I think that I'm. Uh, what I'm wondering now is, was she coming at it right. a, coming yeah. at it from a yeah. place of this will make everything better, or was that her saying? I think that you doing anything else is a waste right. of time.
2: Right. And I think that there. I think that like our elders, like in some way, like kind of have that. Especially people like are like academics or mm-hmm. like um, that kind of attitude, like have that. Because I remember. So it's it's really. Oh my gosh, it's really funny you say that. Because my fiction teacher in college would not let anyone write genre fiction. Mm. It had to be, like, personal, like... Uh, like oh, realistic yeah. fiction and so now like I'm writing sci-fi and I think it's like me just like I wasn't doing that before right. but I think that's yeah. litera- like it was literally me sticking my middle finger up and just being like fuck
1: you I'm gonna yeah. like
2: I'm gonna write so much genre all I'm gonna do is write genre fiction
1: well and it, it makes you think like if you were to get in touch with that professor and be like fuck you I'm doing genre now would he be like would he yes. hate it or would he <laughs> like exactly <be> <laughs> like that was my plan all along was to make yes. you fucking hate me and exactly. then just make or, or is he gonna be like damn you and your sci-fi yeah. Damn you. it's,
2: yeah no exactly it's like where is that where is that coming from but like yeah it, totally, totally
0: totally agree with that um, i want to ask about the card game too so can you kind of I actually don't even think we've heard the name what so yeah. what is the card game
2: yeah. okay i love explaining this um so the the card game is called douchebag ceo it's a feminist revision yeah. of old maid <laughs>
1: Hell yeah! Um,
2: so if you remember the game Old Maid, Old Maid was like the card you didn't want to get stuck with, um, and oh, yeah. uh, that's like super fucked up. And because like she's the unmarried older woman, so you don't want to get stuck with this card. So I made uh, well, I I actually did not illustrate these. My friend Jack Haynes did. Um, it was it was a disappearing media concept um, that he illustrated, and uh, so we made the old maid um, this like hot cougar with, like, a crotch rocket that says spinster on it and, like, a cat-shaped helmet. And then the card you don't want to get stuck with in our game is the douchebag CEO. So all the other cards are, like, awesome, like, occupations you can have. Punk dog walker, surf instructor, foley artist, nude art model... Queer Studies Professor. Oh god, that's so cool. Um, all this fun stuff. Can and I see
1: the douchebag CEO yeah, card? You can see the whole thing. Oh my god. Um
2: so it's a fifty two card deck too, so you can kinda of play anything with it. I've been having a lot of fun playing like spoons and like BS and like all these random card games that people are oh remembering that's from so childhood. Cool. So we're just I've just been like having a lot of yo,
1: this is a douchebag CEO. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, these are so great. Yeah, Jack did an
2: amazing job on those illustrations. They're 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 pretty they're pretty awesome.
1: You gotta check this out. Yeah. So I don't like what made you. What made you go back to Old Maid? Was it just. Was it just um, like feeling vindictive about like calling out unmarried, <laughs> calling out yeah un, unmarried women. Yeah, I think
2: I saw it. Um, I was with uh, an ex of mine, and we were like at like the dollar store or something, and we saw like Old Maid there, and I remember just being like, "That is," so, and I, like, it occurred to me like what that game was doing you know, as a narrative, like, that is so messed up. That is such a messed up narrative to have for kids. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, and then I started like, I think we joked about it, like doing this and uh, you know, whatnot. I have like notebooks and notebooks full of like ridiculous ideas I have. And this seemed like a really doable one. Mm -hmm. So um, just like manifested this, made this happen. Um, But like, I researched the game a bit and it was like a gambling game. Like people would play it in bars. And take a regular tech uh, regular deck of cards and like use pull out three queens. And um so I made it so like you have four douchebags in this so that you can play everything with it. We just have to pull three out to play. Mm-hmm. But they take out three queens and whoever got stuck with the queen had to buy the next round of drinks. so you got stuck with the old maid. You know, kinda uh. like like a weird old John Steinbeck short story or something.
1: <laughs> oh my god. Um so I was just like, that's
2: that's gross. So let's let's uh, You know, let's talk about the real, the real
1: bad guy here.
0: I love that you made this. This is so good.
1: (laughs) I like the idea. I just honestly, like, I'm, I'm really into your philosophy of like, I'll do the thing when I'm moved to do the thing, because to me, that yields like a feminist revision of the game old maid like mm-hmm. which like if you were to sit down if you were to put someone in a room and be like you you have 12 hours to come up with a feminist revision of old maid like it wouldn't it wouldn't come close to anything as like joyful as douchebag ceo
0: yeah and <laughs> you know to kind of like harken back to the beginnings of this conversation the thing that i think is really interesting is like your the that mindset how like the panic is taken out of mm-hmm. it, out of art making, and I think that that to me is like the idea of not making it is like when if your art is like so laden with like the panic of of that, and and so I'm, I guess like to immediately ask you another question, like what do you think? how do you is has that is that an, like an experience that you feel like you've gotten out of your art making? Do you feel like you find that that feeling that panic ever still or?
2: um when I do I just try to remind myself that like every time I do feel panicked and I force myself to do something what I make is garbage because that that you know like I mean that's what I was finding was that like when I would force myself Mm -hmm. to do it and I wasn't like inspired or wasn't like feeling happy about it it was just like I would just make myself crazy Mm -hmm. um and I would just be yeah like just like upset like upset about it or like upset about the product or like what i was putting into the world wasn't necessarily something that like like i was putting my own anger or i was like putting my own like bad feelings into my work and i don't think that that's like what i want to convey like i mean i think that it's really important to um like explore these feelings especially through art like explore negative feelings but i don't think like forcing them out and like forcing them into my Work
1: mm-hmm. is
2: a healthy for me or like healthy for like some like someone else to experience right. so I think for me it's it's weird it's like almost like a spiritual like sort of thing you know like, it's like a spiritual practice in a way like following joy like the idea of following joy like um, Bob Ross style or um, I think there was like this like weird renaissance in the 80s of like people like finding the joy of cooking and like all that, that kind of thing um, but Oh, I think I think I read I want to say it was like an Eckhart Tolle book where it was just it just really put me in a place like living in the moment and like following this like idea of like what is making me like like feel right in that moment mm-hmm. you know and I think that that and sometimes what that is is doing nothing at all and just like yeah. taking a walk or like like I'm not very good at meditating but I want to be like meditating um <laughs> but like whatever the closest you can come to yoga no um (laughs) just like whatever it is that sort of like makes you feel right in the moment and sometimes that sometimes that is just like being super sad sometimes that just means like being upset and like just like whatever it is but like instead of just like sitting there and like being like sad and i'm just gonna write the this really sad song or like you know blah 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 like sitting with that feeling and like then reflecting on it later Mm -hmm. so that almost like i can i don't know you know i can explore it from like a a space of like being i don't know like more in in tune yeah Mm -hmm. the the rest of the world and not like my own mental problems
1: i really wish that i could be better at just like being okay with doing nothing because like yesterday i got home from work and i just like crawled into bed and was just there for the rest of the day i think that's okay i do i actually do that a lot i like uh, i was there from like 6 p.m until i fell asleep And then I I like shot up at like 1130 and was like, what have I done with my... And just like panicked and like got a lot of shitty work done. And then and then fell asleep a couple hours later and woke up today like vowing not to do that. And I wish that I could have just been like okay with the fact that I was like, hey, like I got in bed at six today and I think that's fine.
2: (laughs) I honestly... And like honestly, I don't think I would have said this like a few years ago. I'd have been like, no, you know what you should do is like eat a... Like like, telling myself this, like I should just like make sure that i'm taking a walk or like i'm eating a healthy meal and like that i'm inspired and da, 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 da. it's like yeah like i could do that i could like approach my mental health that way but sometimes like i really honestly think the best thing to do is just like not try to like force yourself mm-hmm. out of whatever it is like you're tired or like you don't feel like doing anything like you shouldn't feel like you always have to like be doing something i think
0: yeah i agree and I it's mean, like it's a, a very
2: a... new thing for me to like address that too because yeah. like i used to not feel that way at all yeah and I would, like, pan- I would do yeah. that panic thing where I was just, like, what am I doing? Like, ugh.
1: Yeah. I, like, sent a bunch of, like, weird messages to people and, like, woke up today being, like, that was mean. <laughs> like, ugh, whatever. Well, and
0: I also think, like, the thing I keep thinking of is the more I find myself, like, like, entering that, that thought process and finding that balance, like, the more that I feel good about setting deadlines and things that, like, maybe could be used as things that are, like, not finding that healthy way of thinking about it, but then if it's, if you're doing those things, and they're fueled by passion and inspiration and genuinity, and also balancing the, like, taking care of yourself Yeah,
2: thing. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's weird to, it's, it's, it's weird to do, because it's at the same time, it's like, you can just get in a rut of, like, not doing anything at all, so yeah. it's like, you do have to sort of, like, give yourself some sort of, like, guideline. I think for me, it's like, I'll, like, like I said, I'll, like, start, like, 4,000 projects, and then i'll be like crap how um, what am i gonna do now like i don't even know what to focus on i'm failing at all these i'm failing all these people Mm. that i've like promised all this stuff to like whatever um oh no i should work on one of them and like sometimes and like i'll feel so overwhelmed by it that i'll just be like okay tomorrow i'm gonna do this and they like won't do it and then like i'll be like okay no tomorrow i'm gonna do and then when i finally do it i feel like good about it but i like if I would have been like tomorrow I'm gonna do this and I forced myself to do it maybe I would have, like ruin my whole day yeah you know like just been like I don't know
0: do you have um <laughs> how do you find how do you know when a thing is done do you find that that's an easy thing for you to know or no
2: no I don't think anything's ever done I'm really mm-hmm. impulsive about just being like oh this is done and then I look look back at it later I'm like oh my god like there's so many I would have totally done this differently like what the hell i think you just have to let go yeah i think you just have to let go and it's really hard to do that i think um but well especially
0: yeah. cuz you have a mind for publishing too like that is a, th- a thing that i i know as a person that's like publishing a lot is it's you um
2: i see every error the second that i get the newspaper yep. and i'm like pissed off about it yep. and then i'm like i don't want anyone to see this issue
0: right <laughs> <laughs> right, but but like you know, but I'm just like ah. <laughs> yeah, I mean hindsight, and that's hindsight being 2020 because like a lot of the readers may not even notice. I mean some. Will.
2: Some of them are like some... so glaring. Like it was like yeah. the first issue. I think it was like the first sentence. I left out like an article, like a in
1: the first mm-hmm. sentence oh. of like the first article in the first issue i was like cool good job oh my god i used to do that with emails to professors a lot where i would i would be like asking a question and i would like agonize over it and then i would like send it and i would i would have like been typing too fast and like the a and the u in my name are mixed up and so it doesn't even like <laughs> it looks like i can't even spell my own fucking name like i ask very thoughtful insightful questions and then it's like maureen <laughs> like damn it <laughs> So they might just think you're really creative. Yeah, they're like, oh wow, she's just reinventing herself. <laughs> um, I do. Want, I want to talk about your about your newspaper because I think it's really, I think it's really cool. So we talked about it a little bit in that we talked about Punkette Respect, which is featured in here. But would you mind talking about? Um, so it's called Pulp Odyssey News from the Hamon Plues? I am so thrilled to hear someone like try, like, cause I
2: haven't, like, ever heard, I always say it. I call it the Haman Plues, but I kind of like that better, and I might start using that. Haman? Haman Plues. Yeah. Haman Plues. I like it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that, that was <laughs> it's me like the being British, like, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was me being like, oh God, I haven't said this out loud. I'm just gonna go. Ahead. No, you're totally fine. It's a
2: nonsensical word. Um,
1: yeah, What what is the the Heyman- Haman Plues? What is it? It's a galaxy. Very nice.
2: Um,. It may or may not be an anagram, um, but it's a galaxy where there are seven known Earths and there's one that is like the disappearing Earth. It's like the unknown Earth. And so this is the news from that's like being syndicated like throughout these weird Earths. And um, it's goofy. It's just meant to make people smile, honestly. Like I, I, I think that we're living in some dark times. And this was sort of my reaction to what was going on politically i think mm-hmm. um this was like I, I i published the first one like right before the election in 2016 i published it in like august mm-hmm. and uh i had been like doing some drawings like i was doing like one of my characters was drawing the debate between hillary and the debates between hillary and um thou sh- who shall not be named mm, fair <laughs> big, movie. big movie. um and I was like, this is too real. And so I tried to make it like an alternate universe. And I was like, but there are these real people. And then I was like, I don't know. I just want to do something that is like still reflecting on this, but also is like not the real version of it. Cause it is painful Yeah. and all we see, it's like all we see. And it's so awful. And, um, yeah, I made this sort of out of my own, just like needing to like not deal with it's like, it's, I mean, it's like an escapist newspaper, right. like in so many ways. Yeah.
1: What I, I don't know. I, th- I just, the, the thing that's catching me about the first article of on the like, the front page, I'm looking at issue six, um, is the article, or the, yeah, the article is cloning agents lurk in shadows. And it's, um, if you feel suspicious that someone may be an agent, but aren't sure, try these three things to gauge their reaction. And it gives you like three. There's an error in there too. Do you see it? I do, do see. It? I do see it. I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. It's
0: okay. But I also, I also want to ask you more about this because that's something that you know we talk about a lot, which is, you know, I think the whole premise of Scoppy is the idea of bridging the artistic and the political, and I also think that like escapism in that in that lens is really fascinating because because especially with the world that we're living in, I mean, like to both provide someone with kind of a sense of solace and also responding to like the culture. Cause like, I'm sure that you, like, you realize this, that like art is cannot exist outside of the culture that it is in yeah but then like so so let me actually ask you a question i i I should stop prefacing that that i'm that that i'm that i'm telegraphing that badly my journalism um what i what so the thing that i find fascinating is um what uh in that way kind of what drew you to that space of, of of wanting to prioritize the escapism and the and the
2: literally just like not wanting to like not wanting to like fill every single moment of my day with yeah. politics um or like the reality of what you know mm-hmm. the bad things that are happening in the world um yeah just really just needing like needing to like have my own private space where i don't deal with it mm-hmm. and then wanting to share that with other people um but also you know re- you know responding to it and trying to trying to re- not trying to be like clever, but, like, also, like, you know, having, having inform sort of some of the, um, the, the stories. Yeah. Some of it's just ridiculous. Like, in some of the issues, it's just, like, just absurdity. You know, right. so, like, um, I think one time I had read this phrase that I really liked, and I, like, really wanted to, like, use it. Like, um, sometimes I'm, like, going for this thing that's just, like, nihilistic absurdity. hmm Um, which I think is a really fun like sort of, yeah. <laughs> like genre, <laughs>
0: yeah. But it also, I feel like that is uh, like it resonates with the time now. Yeah, some yeah. You know, Like like that, like I insane, think is insane
2: Johnny memes. Like mm-hmm. I think he's a nihilistic absurdist. Mm-hmm. You know, just things like that where it's just like you yeah. need you need that laugh. You need to break the tension, or you need to just like think outside the box in a weird way, in order to like not go insane.
0: Yeah, and. Yeah, and I think that it's fascinating the scale of it. Like I think it's interesting that cuz the as things get more intense and people and the the people that are paying attention to the po- like what's happening politically recognize it's getting more intense, the culture responds by wanting more absurd. Yeah. That I yeah. that dynamic is one that I'm finding really that I, cuz I you know, the stuff that that does well on the internet now would not do well in 2015, or maybe maybe it will but not to like yeah. Those Johnny memes are yeah. millions. I, not that I the agree numbers with you. I much. think
2: but, I think I do agree with that I don't think that pe- people wouldn't have um, needed it as much. Mm-hmm. Needed to just be like, Wah! you know, like yeah. everyone's
1: just kind of like. <laughs> I think that if I think that if I had sought, seen those in 2015, I would have just been like, ew, and moved on like, with my day. Yeah, just been like, who's this. Big headed baby. This, yeah. Yeah. As as opposed to like, this is my ne- this, this is-, is my religion. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> this is my mood. I need
1: I need this.
0: Yeah. Well, even I think the first time I watched Not our religion, one.
1: That's stating it a little too. No, it's fair. I, <laughs> yeah. I
2: I would describe the the church of insane Johnny. <laughs>
1: um, I wanna, I I just kind of wanna. I, I was looking, the center page of the newspaper is comics, and did you write emo girls?
2: Yeah, emo girls
1: is my comic. Jane um, Acid is
2: Jane Acid is like the character that I started writing when I came to Chicago and mm-hmm. has gone through so many variations of who she is and now she's a cur- she's just like a really angry goth girl like goth teenager working at a coffee shop like works at a coffee shop um that you know that was like you know that was like me when I was in high school and it's a lot uh, it's it's me and it's my sister mm-hmm. um and so that's who jane has like always kind of like been this character but she's like transformed in somebody i was like she didn't used to be a cartoon like then she was a cartoon i had someone else drawing her and like now i'm drawing her and like now i like i'm writing her in my in my private you know documents in a in another way i've been like um discovering this character and uh she's just a character i've been working with and the people that she interacts with are, like, these kind of, like, fractals of herself and, like, mm-hmm. her her world that she lives in.
1: Yeah, I just, um, the, the comic in issue six is uh, Jane at a um, coffee, working at a coffee shop, and it's an interaction I can relate very deeply with. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. That, that, I feel like that was very much, like, the, like, every interaction. Yeah. Mm. Sort of, like, I used to work at, like, Einstein Bagels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like, basically every interaction I had there was sort of those...
1: Someone today at the coffee shop I work at asked for an espresso over ice, but in, like, a plastic, like, iced cup, and so we put ice in the cup, and it it came out to be $3, um, and so a shot of espresso in an ice cup with, like, you know, a little bit of ice, and the rest of it, and then he goes over to the milk counter and just, like, fills the rest of his cup up with milk, so he basically just, like... Got a free glass of iced f- milk milk. He espresso. he made himself an iced latte. Oh, and we were like that motherfucker, cause like, cause he like also didn't tip us, which like you know I'm all for like sticking it to people. Yeah, I'm all for like, like, all okay. for like you made sticking yourself a free drink, yeah, and then you didn't tip. Yeah,
0: that is the that because
1: like I'm all for like people. I'm all for, like, poor people figuring out ways to fuck over large corporations. Like, hell yeah, do that. But, like, if you're gonna be a total piece of shit... Tip us. Tip us. Yeah. Like, we'll, like, applaud you on your way out. Like, you can take a bow if you pull that shit, but tip us. Yeah. But, like, if you do that shit, we're gonna be like, no. Mm -hmm. Get back here. Right. Right. Oh my gosh, that's that's
2: crazy. I have one more
0: question. So, um, my a thing, another thing that we've been talking about a lot recently is um, the idea of building multiple access points in storytelling. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I find is really fascinating is that um, your work has that. Your work is very like because some people maybe you can latch onto your storytelling through the music. Some people can through the through the writing. Some people through the comic. Um, is that something that you've that you've thought about a lot?
2: Yeah. Um, I do it on, I started doing it out of necessity, mm-hmm. just like being like, okay, this has changed. Now let's come from it. This and like, for me, I was always like, I failed. Now I'm going to start over. And then I started to realize the, like, how cool it is actually to sort of see the evolution of it. And I don't have all of this stuff like posted on the internet, but like here and there, like, I'll just like post, you know, like right now it's like, I have like the 2008 version of emo girls and it's actually really cool to kind of like go back and see that. Cause like. I feel like I had a totally different tone, mm-hmm. you know, but it was still these same characters. I was like building these characters, I was building this world. And I've, I've taken a lot of different tones with it. And I, I like being able to do that because for me, I'm working on the characters mm-hmm. um, and working on a world and the storyline is very important, but like, it's like I'm working on the storyline through those things, like instead of just focusing on the story. And so I think that it gives my characters, my world more like depth
1: you
0: know? Yeah. yeah.
1: Absolutely. How many different worlds are you currently working on?
2: <laughs> I have the galaxy, the, the Haman plus, the Haman plus, um, where I'm trying to keep everything contained in there at the very least. So I like expanded it. Um, I have a couple of different worlds. I have, I don't know. It's hard to talk about. Cause a lot of this stuff is just like stuff I'm working on, like very privately right now. Um, So it's hard to talk about, I don't know, I can't quantify it. But one thing that I am doing that I think is really, like, cool, that I'm really excited about, and it's, like, been really hard for me, like, find people to collaborate in this way, is that, like, I have another friend who's, like, working on, like, this bizarre universe, and so our universes come together, and we're, like, we've worked on a show together, and he moved, he and his partner, we were all working on this, like, a group of people, it's called The Ghost Planet. They moved to Baltimore, now they're moving back. And we had to change the name to the um, Earth Motel. And we have these like bizarre universes, but it's like we have a syndicate of that in the newspaper. And then the newspaper is like part of the show. It's like this interactive thing. So we like have sort of like have these two weird universes. And that's like kind of where the idea came from to begin with was like thinking of like all every artist has kind of like their own like world that they live in. And I had pictured this whole big, like, website or something that was, like, this big, like, wall or mm-hmm. something where, like, it's, like, everybody's stuff was, like, interconnected and you could just, like, almost, like, travel through it. Like, it was portals or something like that. Like, this... I have this vision for that, but I don't know how to make that happen. Mm-hmm. So if anybody knows how to build a wall um, that is just, like, portals to everybody's art. that be That sad. is, like, somehow the internet, but, like, real yeah. life. Call me? I don't
0: know. Yeah. <laughs> Well, um, the, that's, the last thing we do to all of our guests Maybe a way to make that happen. The last thing we do to all of our guests is a one-minute plug for anything they have upcoming. Um, that could include letting people know about new music or anything like that, or uh, letting people know where they can, they can find you on the internet. I always feel weird about saying find you, because it's always like, to find you. Like, anyway, um, how people can potentially reach out. Um, but we also love hearing shout outs to other folks that are doing dope work um, or any media that you're personally consuming self care or otherwise music TV shows stuff like that
2: cool um I could say so many things right now because part of the reason I'm making the newspaper is to like shout out other people's work um so um I will shout out to No Trend Records who's like been like so supportive and like helping me make this happen No Trend is doing some amazing work they're putting out um really cool punk music by mostly, uh, queer people, women, people of color. Um, everything they're putting out is really great. Um, they're awesome. Um, they, yeah, they're doing great stuff. I was like, I like want to list all the bands, but then I feel like I'll leave one out. No trend records. Just check out what they're doing. Um, so I want to give them a big shout out. Um, I don't know. I have a lot of I, check out my website because that's where I give my shout out a lot mm-hmm. of shout outs too because I like list all the content that yeah. I'm into. So that's like that's a lot of the media I'm consuming is listed on there. So that's disappearingmedia.com. Um, dot com. Uh, So yeah, go to that website. Um, my band Beastie is playing a show on September fourteenth with Punk Bunny from L A at Livewire. Um... And then we're also playing like Situations. The,
0: like the, yeah, the computer program? Livewire? Oh, LimeWire. Never mind. Sorry. Oh.
1: <laughs> um, Take a lap.
2: <laughs> close enough. Um, <laughs> and then we're also playing uh, a show at Situations on 10-4. Um, that's October 4th. That's how I remember things. Um, then I have another band called Jen and the Dots. Um, check us out. We're playing some shows, too. Um, my Brain's Crazy. Um, go to the website. I'll list all that stuff there, usually. <laughs>
1: cool.
0: cool. Awesome. Well, thank you all so much for listening. I've been Daniel Johansson.
1: I continue to be Maureen Smith.
0: If you want to keep up with what we are up to, there are so many ways you could do that. The first is to head over to scopimag.com. That is our website. We post all of our podcast articles and videos there. Scopi, uh, S-C-A-P-I-M-A-G.com. Uh, you can also find us on social media. On Facebook. We have a Facebook page called Scopy Magazine. We also have a Facebook group that we love and adore called Sounding Board um, where we just mostly talk about uh, local happenings and astrology. Um, we also are on Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr under Mags. spelled this...
1: I'm glad that they figured that out for themselves.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr spelled the same way as the website. Um, we also... The podcast that you're listening to right now Scoppy Radio can be found on most podcast places, including iTunes, Google Play, and Radio Public under Scopy Radio.
1: And I'm here to talk about the importance of subscribing. If you head to our website, scopymag.com, and go to our subscribe page, there are a couple ways that you can do that. The first is to sign up for email blasts. This is huge because even though we post across social media platforms, Facebook eats our shit. So if you wanna see 100% of what we're doing and not just 30% of it, you should sign up for those email blasts. The second thing you can do is you can become a member. For as little as $5 a month, you can help us do fun things like keep our lights on and pay our artists. So if you are in a position to do so, Uh, there's some cool stuff in it for you. We're going to be announcing some cool incentives, specifically at the $5 a month level, so all you poor kids (laughs) can can get some cool stuff. Uh, also, we have an Indiegogo campaign going on. We're trying to upgrade our equipment. Uh, we've never done an Indiegogo before, um, and, uh, we waited specifically... Until we really needed to, and we really need to. So, if again, if you're in a position to give, that would be amazing. Otherwise, give a little, give a lot. And if you can't give, then listen, participate, and for the love of God, share.
0: Cool. Thanks again so much for listening. Go out and make something.
1: Yep.